Aloha folks and welcome back to Degree Free. We are your hosts, Ryan and Hannah Maruyama. On this podcast, we share fundamentals we've discovered and mistakes we've made while self-educating, getting work, building businesses, and making money. We'll tell you how to make it happen. No degree needed. Hey folks, welcome back to the podcast. We are happy to have you here. Once a week, Ryan and I send out a newsletter. It is a weekly newsletter, as I've said. It has a bunch of cool stuff in it, like degree-free news, so companies that are starting to hire degree-free, really cool online resources we found for different courses to learn employable skills, and just a bunch of really interesting stuff that we find that has been helpful on our journey and that we think you will too. So if you want to get that newsletter delivered to your email inbox for free, run over to degreefree.co and sign up. Right on. And uh, let's get into today's episode. Today, we are going to be talking about how many resumes you should have. Wow, you wanted to start off something controversial. Yeah, this is, well, you, I don't know, you wouldn't think it would be controversial. I don't know. And it's a little contentious. Yeah. So the problem, I guess, is that there are people that have very varied skill sets. And they feel like they can fit into multiple roles in a different company or at the same company, right? So like, say, maybe some, somebody feels like they can fit, fill a sales role or fill a marketing role. Those two, I feel like, are really closely conjoined and often can be interchanged. Right, it creates right. a lot of confusion. Sure. and Or it could be something completely different, right? I mean, you could be well-rounded and you could be like applying for a sales role. I mean, it's well-rounded, but you know what I mean? Like you can have skills in in very many different areas and, you know, you could be applying for a sales role or I don't know, a carpenter or Mm -hmm. something. And so how many resumes should you have if you're applying to different roles? As many as you need. That is kind of where we're going with this, right? I mean, the answer to kind of skip to the end is... We're going to spoil it for you, folks. And so the answer to kind of skip to the end is really it depends, right? And it really depends on two different factors or two different things, right? And those things, while sort of related, sort of the same thing, they're not. The two things are going to be like, how many different industries are you applying in? And then also, how many different jobs are you applying for? Mm -hmm. And this is why I say controversial, right? Because this flies in the face of what a lot of people will tell you about resumes, which is just to use the same one. And it might be that the advice that they're giving is from an angle of trying to apply volume, right? And so it does make it easier if you're just applying using the same one. But the thing is, if you're applying using the same one and you're applying to different job titles, it's not going to be as well suited to each job title that you're applying for. And so it's not going to be received as well as if you tailored it specifically to that job title. Yeah. And that's not to say that there aren't people that only have one resume and they get jobs. So say you have, right. So say you have a customer service resume and you get hired for a sales role, right? It worked. Exactly. There's no, there's no right or wrong reason here. We're just giving information and do with this what you will. Or won't. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so when we're talking about different industries, just to kind of come back to that earlier example of like the sales and marketing, right? So those are kind of different industries 
completely integrated, but you know, separate. separate they're you're going to need two different resumes, right? At least two different versions mm-hmm. of your resume. Yeah. Yeah, because if you're applying for sales, apply with a sales resume, and if you're applying with a marketing res for marketing role, apply with a marketing resume. And then for how many different jobs? So let's stick on this sales and marketing thing, I guess, for a second. Okay, so you're a salesperson that is applying to all different types of sales roles, right? So you have that resume, you have that version going, and you're applying to different roles. But you also feel like you fit in for marketing, right? But within marketing, you really feel like you can only fulfill a couple of different roles Mm. within marketing. You're not really a generalist, but you can do different jobs. So like, let's say like you're, you feel like you can, uh, a social media manager and then like an SEO content specialist or something like that. Sure. And okay. So then you're applying to your sales roles, your sales jobs, and then you're applying to social media management jobs and you're also applying to SEO content jobs. Mm -hmm. You need three resumes then. Yeah. At least. Yeah. And people are going to say, well, I'll just apply with the same one. But the thing is, you're going to be trying to, you're going to be trying to showcase different, different stats, right? If you have experience in those things, you don't want to give stats for the other things because it's distracting. And you want to, you want to be sure that if you're, if you're, if you have SEO stats about what you've done with SEO, you just want to draw attention to those things. Right. Right. You're applying for an SEO role. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so now that we have how many versions we're going to have right for every industry and then for every job within those industries okay now where are some of the most common places or some of the easiest places to tailor that resume right the first the first place is going to be the professional summary yeah which is again this is something that you may or may not have on your resume and if you're using a template it may or may not have it I personally have found this to be a really useful thing. And the reason is because if a human is reading your resume, you want to make it easy for them because if they're reading your resume, they're reading other resumes. And so if your resume has a two sentence summary of who you are and what you can do or have done, that's really useful to remember your resume and to understand what the goal of the resume is, especially if the resume is not clear, which is sometimes the case. Yeah. And so to kind of add to that, not only can that add clarity, but if you're applying to different jobs, if you use this, this is like the number one place to edit because it can also add a lot of confusion. So if you're applying to be a sales manager someplace, but then at the top of the resume at the top of the professional summary, it says that you are a seasoned yard technician. Right. That's okay. All right. I mean, even if, even if the rest of your resume is accurate, I'm going to be confused from the get go and it's going to color the rest of the way I read your resume because I'm already confused. I'm like, why is this yard tech applying for the sales manager role? That doesn't make sense. These have nothing to do with each other. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so, You've now made, you've now, assuming that there is a 
person that's reading your resume and it's not being filtered yet, like, okay, now you've made the person reading your resume have to do a bunch of mental gymnastics. To figure or- out what you're trying to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so that's not a great way to make a first impression. No. It, and in fact, one could argue it's unprofessional because one thing, one thing that is regarded as professional is clear communication. And if you say, I'm a this, and then you tell them I'm also a this, they're going to get confused. And so, like I said, if you do use these professional summaries at the top, not everybody does, but if you do use them, this is the number one place that you're going to want to tailor. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you change that out and make sure it matches the job title that you're applying for. Cause I can definitely say that I have accidentally submitted <laughs> resumes that were mixed up. Before. Oh, I totally have to yeah, too. I've definitely done that. Definitely. When you're like, when you're totally. When you're on job 150. <laughs> exactly. When you're, when you've been doing it for eight hours a day for like two weeks straight and you're like, you've given up on life and you're, in your underwear on the couch <laughs> and you're just like oh my god this sucks and you're just yeah and, and attach, then attach attach exactly totally <laughs> and totally. you're just so tired and you know you just go oh i don't want to make a separate one for this so you you copy that google doc and then you do not accurately copy the sales the little the little description that two sentence thing and that'll be your undoing yes yeah so don't do that guys yeah don't be us yeah All right, so here's how you're going to explain your work experience. And the one disclaimer I want to put at the beginning of this section that I want to make very clear is do not lie on your resume. I see people say that all the time. Oh, just lie. Just no, do not lie on your resume. There is a difference between being clear and being giving someone the information they are looking for and lying. And you need to figure out where that line is because you need to be able to communicate clearly without being distracting, without lying, because your employer is going to find out they may not, but don't lie. Yeah, definitely. Like, I don't know. So many people, I see that comment off so often. Oh, just lie. No, don't do that. Don't do that. I believe that that is going to come around and bite you in the butt. Yeah, I mean, everybody, whatever. If you're gonna lie, if you're gonna lie, you're gonna lie. Whatever. That's true, right? I but mean, for people who are like, oh, maybe I should, don't, don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a good way. It's not a good way to start off a relationship with a company. It is not a good way to like. It reflects poorly on you if they find out that you were lying. Exactly. That's what I was gonna say. It only hurts you later on. Later on, while you're at the job. And if, especially if you work closely with the person that hired you, now you're going to have to remember those lies and you're going to have to take it with you. And if it, and too, if someone does, does go on a limb and they hire you and it finds that they, they, it's found out later that you were not telling the truth. It also reflects poorly on this person now who hired you. So other than not lying, the next thing that we're going to be talking about for the work experience is Altering it is going to come in two forms and it's going to be coming in the form of inserting and deleting from jobs, from entire jobs from your resume. So just completely gone or inserting, deleting or altering like different work experience from the same jobs, right? So we're not necessarily lying. We're just altering and tailoring our resume to fit the job that we are currently applying for. I think I have a really good example for this as well. So um, at one point in life, I worked on a dolphin boat. Um, 
when I was applying for a restaurant job, for a serving job, it was not relevant to the restaurant that I had worked on a dolphin boat four years before, because that's not helpful to them. It does not, it does not help them out that I had worked on a dolphin boat. It's not relevant. It doesn't showcase that I can serve tables and take orders. Right. So I didn't put it on my resume because it's not relevant to the person who's hiring for the restaurant. It's just distracting, interesting and cool, but not useful. Yeah. And that would be just, that would be completely deleting entire job from your history. And you can see how that's not dishonest to do that. They don't need to know because it doesn't help them run their business or help me complete the job description in any way. Exactly. And the thing that we have to be conscious of here when you're deleting entire jobs is creating gaps in your work history. And now this is like, this is of high contention, the gap and how to address it and whether it's a detriment and stuff like that, we don't have time to go into in this episode. That might be its own episode. Right. But just, let's just say that, let's just be cognizant of it. If you were at a job for 10 years, but you feel like it doesn't fit the role and you're just going to, and you weren't doing other things during that 10 years, maybe you don't want to delete that job. Right. Cause that would be a different, and that's also different because it may be relevant just because it was such a volume of work experience in that I had 10 years of work experience and therefore it's relevant to any job that I have because it was such a long period of time. Sure. And that's going to, that's going to roll into uh, the next type of, altering for work experience that we're talking about, which is altering, deleting, inserting different things and different roles and duties that you did in those jobs. Again, not lying, but because people do multiple different things in multiple different roles. And because of that, different industries title them differently and view them differently. And so you want to emphasize the ones that you do have that fit the job description, even though that may not have been how the company that you came from labeled that job because it matters. Yeah. So like to kind of continue your example of the dolphin boat, right. And serving tables. If you didn't want to exclude that totally from your resume because you felt like it created too large of a gap, right? What could we say about the experience that you did get and you did do on the dolphin tours, right? You could say maybe that you did customer service and that you were client facing and that you handled money transactions, assuming that you did all of these things, yeah. assuming that you did all of these things, you could say all of that, all of those things on your resume. So now to make it more appropriate for jobs that we're looking for on this podcast, Okay, so let's say if you're uh, an office administrator, right, or um, an executive assistant or something like that, administrative assistant, right? I realize that those are three different roles, but something like that Mm -hmm. where you're kind of a utility knife and you kind of do it all. And so for different roles, you could put different things. So if you're applying to be a customer service rep at a, you know, wherever you could say that you used to be in charge of the phone calls, the emails, the support 
between you and the person that you worked with. Yeah. Right. That's that's not lying, right? But you do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Then if you're applying for like an office manager role, you could say that you were in charge of scheduling the executive plus the nine other people in the office for a weekly all hands meeting Mm, or company get togethers or retreats or whatever, whatever, whatever it is that you did. Mm -hmm. Right. But you see how tailoring your resume to specific experience in that industry, that just makes it easier for the people that are reading these resumes to understand how you fit in, in the current role that you're applying for. Right. That's your job. When you are applying, that is, that is the job that you have. Your job is to make the person who's hiring understand how you can do what they need done. Yeah. It's, it's that simple. Don't distract them and don't give them things that are irrelevant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Make their lives easier. So the next thing that we can tailor in order to make different versions of resumes is we can tailor like keywords, certain statistics and certain metrics. So for every job, there are keywords that you're going to want to use. That's a kind of a topic for a different discussion too, but just know that, you know, there are certain words that the hiring managers or even, um, filtering software you they, that companies use nowadays to filter out people's resumes if they don't have this certain amount of keyword density for the given job that they're doing. And one of the easiest ways to kind of just look at the job description, see what is important, and then just kind of fill in those words onto your resume as much as coherently possible. And this is not the, I've seen this on, I've seen this on TikTok, but there's a hack people do that probably remind, it reminds me of like a uh, high school where you would put, uh, or college maybe where you would put keywords, you would put, you would put stuff in white and then you would, in white text, you would put at yeah. the bottom of your It's like early Google. So yeah. what they would do, yeah, what they would do like in order the to get, packing. yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. So on the bottom or like, so instead of to make it a little more relevant, let's think of like Craigslist ads today. Yes. So when you're selling your car and you're so you're selling a Toyota Corolla, you're on the bottom of it. Almost always you're going to see people that write Honda Civic, you know, Hyundai, Sonata, Elantra, right? RAV4, whatever. And they're just keyword stuffing the, the very bottom of it so that for search purposes, it'll, it'll show up. Right. You don't want to, you don't want to do that. No. Right. There's very limited real estate on, on your resume and you want to make sure that it's very easily readable and scannable for, you know, people. And ultimately because it will, at some point there will be human eyes on your resume. And so don't do that because again, if it's not topical, it's not going to help. It's not really going to help you. What you want is your goal is to get it to the person and then make sure that it's readable for the human being that reads it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what I meant by scannable. Like, so that they can scan it with their eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So the next one is going to be like stats and metrics and each job or each industry has their own stat or their own metric that they care about. Right. So, so, I have another good example for this. So this really just depends on 
what you're going for. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Um, I think another uh, because I've had an eclectic group of experience, but I was a, I was a um, I was a swim teacher at one point, and then I ended up working for a um, in in fundraising for a nonprofit. And so something that I wouldn't put on my nonprofit resume would be I taught X number of four year olds to float on their back. Right. If I was applying to another swim school, that would be useful information, but it's not topical or helpful or useful in any way to the to the nonprofit because they don't care about those metrics. So just putting numbers on your resume is not useful if those numbers have nothing to do with the job that you're applying for. Right. Exactly. In the same way, you could even reverse engineer that and say, you know, if if the nonprofit had, you know, if the nonprofit goes, we raised, you know, while I was at this nonprofit, I raised two million, you know, two million dollars in contributions over, you know, for fiscal year, this to this, the swim school is going to look at that and go, okay, how many kids did you teach to swim? Right. It's not useful. Like, so not all metrics are created equal if they're not relevant to the job that you're applying for. Exactly. And so another example would be like, if you were in sales and you are applying to another sales job, you might want to put something with numbers, statistics, right? Saying I closed a million dollars in 2021, right? Mm-hmm. And, okay, that's that's good. You might want to put more stats than that, but okay, sure. Okay, but if you're you were in sales and now you're applying to a customer service role, maybe that doesn't matter as much anymore. And so now you're going to want to put something like, okay, well, I dealt with X amount of clients and I dealt with a thousand clients last year and zero and my rating was five stars or whatever, or whatever industry standard that you're using, or, you know, the, the amount of negative feedback that I received was zero. Or I received so many outstanding, whatever reviews. Exactly. Yeah. And so you're just going to want to think of how, you're, if you were hiring, what would you want to know? Right, exactly. And the stats and metrics are just good to have on any resume as long as it's topical, mm-hmm. right? And so you can say like, it's a lot more effective to say that I sold a million dollars last year rather than say I sold a bunch of money last year. Like I made the company a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. Like how much is a bunch? Like that. <laughs> That's a truckload. Yeah, exactly. A crap load. A crap load. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think that that's, that's a really good point too. Because you just think about if this was in real life, right? If you were doing this in real life, what, what we do to these poor recruiters and poor hiring managers, if somebody were to walk up to you and say, how good are you at using Microsoft Excel? I need somebody to use Microsoft Excel. And you said, well, I made like 18 PowerPoints. They'd be like, okay, that's great. <laughs> I was asking you about Excel though. You know, it's not like it's a bad thing to say, right? It's not, there's nothing wrong with it. It does show that you excel at PowerPoint, but it does not show that you excel at Excel. Did you like what I did there? Nice. Thanks. (laughs) But I think it's a good example because just think if if you were talking to a person and they answered you that way, you'd be really thrown off because it doesn't make any sense. If I'm asking you about this specific thing and you tell me that you did great at something else, it's not going to help me figure out where you are at the thing I'm asking you about. So... The last thing that we wanted to talk about is just kind of the more minutia of like how to execute this. So when you're editing your resumes, you definitely want to save them, right? This is Ryan's jam. Like you really want to save your resumes. And when you're editing them, 
I like to make a copy and then edit the copy, right? So each one of these quote unquote tailored resumes are their own separate resumes. All right, I'm a little overkill, but I can, but still these, I guess, lessons or tactics can still be useful, right? So the main thing is gonna be, you should definitely save all of your previous resumes in some sort of centralized location. Before we get too much further, can you give an example of how you do that? When you say you're saving a copy and editing a copy. So if you're in if you're in a Google folder and you have one resume and then you make a copy of it, do you rename it? Yeah, right. Yeah. And then you edit that one? Yes. Okay. And then do you copy the original or do you copy from there and you just keep editing down the line? It just depends. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It just depends. It just depends. All right. Right. So like that's a good question because eventually if you start off with like, so say you don't have a lot of job experience, work experience. And so you have one resume and that resume, it basically says that I'm a busser at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Right. And then later on you get a job that, okay, you are now a supervisor at whatever. Okay. Okay. And then later on, you know, your, your resume keeps changing and changing and changing. So it would be silly for you to go back to the busser resume all the way back there and, and make a copy. Uh, yeah. So you're going to want to just keep most recent, probably. not necessarily yeah, though. Right. But I mean, if you're going, if you're maybe, if you're, if you're going to apply to being a restaurant manager instead now, maybe your interests have changed or whatever uh, you're doing, maybe you want to go back to the busser resume. I don't, I'm not sure. But like each each new job application title basically is its own. Yeah, right. And we, we and we'll get there. Yeah. And so like the main thing is gonna be in a centralized location. So that's gonna be like on an external hard drive, on your computer, Google Drive, whatever, Dropbox, whatever, whatever it is that your you use. Desktop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whatever it is that you use. The naming system and then and the filing is important here i like to date each one date it with at least a year do yourself a favor and date it with at least a year if you want to go more in depth you can go name it with the year and with like the month of the season of which you edited it so at least you know okay this is the most recent version and then if you want to delete the rest, you can. I don't, just because, wh- why? Why wouldn't you keep more copies? Right, exactly. And the reason why is because it gets too much. But then you can just put them into subfolders based on type. That's exactly right. That's exactly what I was going to say. When it gets too much, then you start putting it into subfolders, either by type. Sales, management. Right, either by type or by year, right? Or you can do type and year. Mm. So, because... You know, your resume from 10 years ago, you can probably trash. It's probably, you're probably, probably not, not you're probably not using it anymore. But if you jump around to a lot of different jobs. And you're, a lot of people our age do. Right. And you're using um, some of the techniques that we talked about before, which is like when you start a new job, you've updated your resume. And so if you're constantly updating your resume and stuff like that, and you're oh, jumping. Oh, that again, if, in case people haven't heard that. Yeah. So one of the tools that we've talked about before one of these techniques rather is when you're when you get a new role 
one of the first things that you should do when you get into the new role is you should copy and paste the job description, the bullet points into your resume, just right at the top. And you can make a duplicate and then, and then copy and paste. That's what I do. And that can serve as your rubric for updating your resume for the next job. Mm-hmm. And at least you have something. And that's going to change over time because when you get into the role, you're going to be like, wait, I do way more than this. Or be like, oh, I don't do anything. Yeah, which, yeah. I mean, hey, it's one of the two I, 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 hope, I hope that everybody gets jobs where they like, I don't do anything, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is one of the ways to kind of make it easier on yourself that when you're ready to jump ship, you're, you're, you're ready to go. Yeah, but yeah, you have at least something on your next resume. But what this also does as well, having all of these resumes saved, especially if you have a lot, is if you ever need like a background check or you ever need, for some reason, you need your work history, which kind of at random moments, you you, you find that you, you need it. With like 24 hours notice for some reason. Right. And you're just like, I, I don't know. I don't know what my work history is. You can just easily, you've outsourced it to your old resumes. And you can just go go back and, and look through it and fill it out. Oh, I was there from this time to this time, from right. this time to this time. Right. right. That is a super useful side effect of doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And not everybody that's not gonna happen for that's not gonna happen for everybody, but I don't know, for less than a you know, five hundred megabytes on your on your Google Drive. Why not? Yeah. It, you're it's yeah. fine. Yeah. Right. Useful. Yeah. It really depends. It really depends how many versions you need. It really depends on the industry, how many different industries you're going into or how many different jobs. One one last point that I'll make just for for everybody listening is if you are finding that you're being that you are unsuccessful applying with one single resume, then you have not changed it. That I mean, start there. Like try a new template try a description, try to change it up a little bit. Um, another, another just on the resume thing, do not use Canva. Do not use that. Use Microsoft Word, use Google Docs, use a plain PDF format and make sure it's just text. Um, because unless you're applying for, you know, some fang company or design company where they're looking at the design of your resume in order to assess whether or not you have skills, do not use a cutesy resume template from Canva or whatever, because it it's possible that the any scanning software is not able to read it, or that recruiters are not reading it because it's too complicated to figure out where things are. I have seen that a lot. Um, just to you know, that's a mistake that people make. So if you're applying with the same same resume and you're unsuccessful, tailor your resume for each job. Start there, and then two, don't use artsy templates. Don't do that because it's not it's not effective. Yeah, definitely. And I think that the the whole like resume design and everything like that and what should be on the resume. I think it can be another episode mm-hmm. we talk about later. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's pretty much it, guys. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. If you guys like this episode, please like and subscribe. Um, we're on YouTube and we're, we are everywhere that you can get your podcasts. So that would be great. Oh, and before you go, you guys are going to want to go sign up for our newsletter. It has 
tips, tricks, resources, online courses we found, apprenticeships, job ideas, just all kinds of cool stuff. You're going to want to go over to degreefree.co forward slash sign up to get that. Right on. All right, guys. Until next time. Along.